Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Post Post Podcast, where I talk to creative minds about their inspiring creative journeys. I'm your host, David Gidali, and you're listening to episode 9. My guest today is Doron Meir. Doron is an animation director and a storyboard artist and head of story. He started out as a 2D animator on the Asterix and the Vikings movie. Uh, he did storyboards for The Secret Light of, of Pets. Uh, he was head of story for My Little Pony, the movie. Uh, he directed episodes of uh, Wile E. Coyote for Warner Brothers. And today he's working as a storyboard director for Titmouse in Vancouver. And in parallel to being a hardworking professional in the animation industry, Doron is also a passionate teacher who travels and gives lectures around the world, mainly about the creative workflow. He recently published a book, Workflow, on which he's been working for the last 13 years. You can find it on Amazon and you can learn more about it on www.theworkflowbook.com. This episode is very conversational. We talked about the principles that Doron lays out in a book and also about how we met around 2005 and what the animation community was like back then and how it changed since. And also about what led Doron to embark on this journey of writing the book in the first place. Why is teaching important to him and how writing this book has affected his personal and professional life. This podcast is already giving me the opportunity to meet new people with whom I probably wouldn't have met otherwise. Um... But I'm just as honored and grateful to talk to people that I've known for a long time and just have a good old catch up. And uh, this episode uh, was just that. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to Doron. I would have talked to him anyway, but I'm really grateful that we had the opportunity to record the conversation. And I think that uh, it has a lot of value for, for not just us, but anybody who's listening. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, also, in case you're listening to this on a podcast app or through a SoundCloud embedded link, um, this is a reminder that I do have a website now, thepostpostpodcast.com, where I post all the relevant links to my guest's work, uh, and I add show notes with links to whatever was discussed or mentioned on the episode. Um, so yeah, check it out, and don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you see fit. And with this, I give you episode 9 of the Post Post Podcast. Quickly, how do you usually introduce yourself? Um, I started as a 2D animator, and then I I was a 3D animator for a while, and then I was a storyboard artist for a while, and then I directed for a while, and I taught animation and other things for a while. So I'm, I'm a person who uh, likes to do many different things, but I've been in animation uh, for 23 years uh, now, and... Uh, the other thing is uh, that I wrote a book recently uh, called uh, Workflow, uh, which is about the creative process. In uh, it's about the process as a, as a standalone skill. Mm-hmm. I like saying it that way. So, like, let's look at the process detached from whether it's animation or writing or game design or whatever it is that you do. Um, just a process in and of itself. Uh, so, I wrote I, I released that a while ago. Cool. So yeah, that's like in a in a, a very broad strokes. Uh, do you ever point. do you ever like distill it to like one thing, or when people ask you, do you often you know uh, introduce yourself as one thing versus the other? Is there one thing that you feel is more than the other, or is it all of them? Uh, well, right now I would uh, you know it, it really depends on who I'm talking to. 
but generally, I would say I'm an animation director and the storyboard artist. Yeah, because this is um, what you're currently doing, right? A uh, uh, story uh, animation. Yeah, this is what I make, you know, make a living uh, right. from. So it's so, interesting, but you don't define yourself like by that, or you know, like it's more of a. Your yeah, it's it's the self definition is a difficult thing when you're a person that likes doing many different things. Uh, um, you know, yeah, it's. Uh, it's it's hard to pick one thing which is like this is what I am and nothing else. But yeah, I guess the closest is animation director and storyboard artist because this is what I invest most of my time in. Do people still call you Gigo? <laughs> uh, only people from Israel, unfortunately, because I like the name. But, uh, yeah, I didn't catch on. on. People know about it, but I don't know. You know, it's like. Uh, it, it it's hard to it's hard to take a nickname with you. I think. Yeah, I can see that. No, it's like me with Gidley. Well, I'll start by saying that uh, I f- we first got to know each other online, I believe, right uh, on the animation forum or something like that, and uh, back in I want to say two thousand three or two thousand two or something. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't really know your name <laughs> until later. I just knew. Gigo or Gigo? How do you pronounce it? Gigo, 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 right? I usually go with uh, Gigo. Although, actually, most people who still use it, they call me Gook now. So Gook. Gigo. Is, oh is, yeah. yeah. Uh, like you got a nickname for your nickname. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was a strange, yeah. It was a strange story. This yeah. which I'm not gonna tell because it's too boring. It's it's. <laughs> But the, the the bottom line is like I think what, what I wanted to get at is like back in two thousand two or two thousand maybe even earlier we had this uh, online web chat or, or or forum in in Israel mostly right of Israeli um, people in the industry and I was like I wasn't even in the industry at the time I was kind of like a you know and a wannabe uh, kind of guy that was I was in the army just around that time and then and then interestingly enough like we. We met in real life. <laughs> later yeah, that on. happened to me with many people. I I miss that 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 era of the internet. I gotta say, um, now nowadays it, it's more. The forums are huge. Like you have Reddit and, yeah. and places like that, and where you know it's so huge that you don't really get to meet the same person again. Whereas yeah. oh, back in the days, it was it was the era of small forums, and it did really feel like a small community, and you got to know people through there. And uh, yeah, I I made some good friends, yeah, uh, through the forum, and then later on, I worked with them, and the friendship just continued uh, from there. And that that doesn't really happen that much anymore. Yeah, I guess it's something to do with like back then, you know, we were still hiding under some kind of a anonymity cover, but we were, there were so few of us and the forms were so kind of specific that you really got to, got to form like some kind of a, an ongoing impression, like a, like a deep impression. I mean, I remember specifically me because my, I kind of used my online persona as an alter ego. And I think people that met me for the first time in real life were kind of surprised by how nice I was in real, in real life. I was, <laughs> I was always very uh cynical and uh kind of uh, a bit uh a bit of a troll to be honest i think back then um i don't remember that but uh yeah 
Uh, yeah. There is there, there used to be an alter ego thing, and that was I think part of the part of the charm of it. Um, yeah, I think, and I, I know that I like I didn't say anything that I wouldn't stand behind uh, hmm. back then, but I but the the type of communication is a bit different. Um, it's kind of there's more freedom to it, even though you do understand that it's relatively easy for somebody to to figure out who you are. Um, yeah. but there's, there's, there's a bit of a different type of con- communication. It's, uh, it's more honest in a way. Uh, yeah, yeah I guess I, I can see that. Like you, you think more honest, like online, even like back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Today, today, I, I feel like on, on Facebook, uh, I'm, I'm not talking about, about Twitter because that's a whole different show and uh, and I don't know that world that much but on Facebook it's more like instant positivity like you like you put something online you post something and people either generally speaking unless it's political but if, if you put some uh, if you post some artwork you will not get really you know like honest critique here you would get you would get positivity no matter what. Or, you know, if somebody doesn't like it, they wouldn't say anything. And back in the day, I, I think there was an interesting um, culture of, of people really, you know, critiquing, but but in a helpful, in a productive way. They would go like, oh, this is, you know, that, that piece of animation, I would do something like that. And there would be helpful conversation, whereas nowadays, like, you, at least from my perspective, put something on Facebook and people go like, yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, I think it's a, it's something to do with the fact that Facebook, you know, you have less anonymity because people use their real name more often. Yeah. And people know that their friends might be reading it or their family or people that they might actually meet tomorrow in, you know, in the real world. And then they'll have to explain and it's easier for people to kind of hide behind the, you know, that sugarcoating kind of um, mentality of like, yeah, I'll, I'll say something nice, you know, and, and, and I won't get into trouble that way. But Exactly. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. So with you, I remember you and Alex Orell were, were two people back then that I, I kind of remember being the professionals, you know, people that came from, from outside the country. I mean, of course, you both were originally from Israel, but you, um, you worked on, I think, Asterix at the time. Yeah. Uh, I, in I Belgium? Few, uh, in Denmark. I spent a few oh, days, a few, a few years in Denmark and, uh, uh, one year out of which was uh, uh, Asterix and the Viking, which was a 2D, 2D feature film. And yeah. then uh, the other two two years were uh, animating and storyboarding on uh, computer games, just an entirely different industry, which was interesting wow. too. So, and on, and on Asterix, you were also animating, right? Or storyboarding? Yeah, only no, only animating. Uh, Keyframing, key, key yeah. Um, yeah. And the other one, I was animating and storyboarding. Were you also giving lectures at the time? I believe you you were. At least I was. Yeah, yeah. I, I was teaching since, yeah, 2002, I think, was my favorite, 2001, uh, something like that. Wow. That was like, I was still, I was 18 in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't very old uh, either, actually. Uh, yeah, no, I think, old, I think we were all... Everyone in the industry back then, I'm talking about like 2000. When I when I started like really working professionally, I think it was with Snowball really when uh, in 2004, I believe, or 
beginning of 2005, which was really, uh, you know, everybody was super young. I mean, Yoni, the head of the company, was like 23 or 20, something like that, 23 Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. And we're all self-taught and stuff. It was crazy. Were you also self-taught or did you go uh, to school yeah. before? No, I, I, no, I started in animation um, kind of because I wanted to. And then I found, um, I studied in a in an animation company uh for three months they they did a some kind of a course thing because it was just an, another way for them to to make money and uh most of the people uh, learning with me were just you know like i think most of them were housewives you know that just wanted some some something interesting to 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 sort of occupy their time a bit um mm. and it wasn't uh like it wasn't about oh let's be animators, but I was like all in, and I, I invested a lot of effort and love in it. And then when the that thing was ended, it was just like one once a week for thirteen weeks. Uh, and then what was the what was the company doing be- besides animation? So I was just doing animation. It was called oh uh, okay, yeah. Anyway, but but at the end of it, uh, the the head of the company was like, hey, do you want to work here? And I was like, yeah, sure. And that's how I got into into animation. And I do I didn't I didn't have any, uh, um, you know, like uh, traditional formal uh, for yeah from formal drawing uh, teaching or animation teaching or anything. I was just kind of like um, flying by the seat of my pants, as they say. And uh, I had to sort of uh, so. How old were you at the time? Uh, twenty five, which is also kind of old to begin something. Uh, 23, maybe something like that. Um, Not that old. Would you were you doing something professionally before then, or? Uh, no, I was studying. Uh, I was in the army, and before that, I studied math in the math and computers in the computer science in the, in the university. Oh, so, so you did the university first, and then the army. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then, gotcha, uh, yeah. and then I went, and then I started with the animation thing, and it was just like uh, I, I remember I was I was like saying that. That I, I did it the the you know the opposite direction. I started in animation. Then I went I went like all right you know this is not working out. I'm I'm struggling. I need to learn something. And somebody mentioned anatomy, so I learned. I tried to learn anatomy, and I, I had a private teacher teaching me anatomy. And then from there, I was like, okay, that's not working either. What's missing? <laughs> <laughs> and after a few months, I realized, oh, I can't actually draw. So I went back and started doing cylinders and uh, for, for, for months I was just doing cylinders and balls and, and uh, you know, pyramids in different angles. Yeah, uh, I super identify with that. Like my, my journey was exactly the same. It's like I start, I was like, I like, I, I like seeing animation. I'm going to try. And even though I didn't know anything and I didn't have any of the fundamentals, I just kind of went ahead and I got accept, I got into snowball which is you know was at the time for me like pixar like the israeli version of pixar and i was just lucky enough that it was such a small you know community at a time that they needed any person who had any kind of experience with you know computer graphics anything like that but then in the process i was like okay i don't know the very basics like i don't even understand anatomy i don't understand exactly like you're describing i went back and like kind of took outside kind of evening classes for like, uh, you know, uh, figure drawing and things like that. At some point I even went to acting school 
you know, I did like a acting workshop because I realized I'm, I started doing like character animation. I was like, I feel like I should probably know a little bit more of acting if I'm yeah, going to do this. I, I did that too. And I'm very glad for the experience. I have no idea if it really helped honestly, but, but I do know it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then I made some good friends there and it was, uh, yeah, I, I think it helped in just kind of opening me up to, to acting in front of people and just me being a bit less shy about things. Yeah. I feel um, like it's super important, especially at some point later on. I mean, you became, uh, head of story for instance or you directed your own short uh i think it was 2011 right or 2000 something like that yeah. that time 2011, yeah. um and oh, yeah but you know i think that's the way to do it I'm, I'm talking now about the the whole you know do you start with with uh, formal training uh or do you start with just with, you know throwing yourself in and and you know because you love it so much and i think you know it's like if you want to start running let's say right yeah uh, i always think if if you go to the sh- to a sport you know shop uh, right. uh, and and then you you know like a fitness shop and you buy the best pair of shoes and the best clothes and you know and you, and that's how you begin i don't think you're going to go that far i think the hmm. people who succeed are those who just use whatever they can and they just walk, you know, walk out the door and they start running and then, and then they kind of figure out, Oh, you know, um, I, you know, after a while I can't do this anymore without the right kind of shoes. Right. Uh, you know, so you buy that and then, Oh, you know, I feel I need, I need lighter clothes, you know, cause I want to run faster or whatever. And you buy it as you need it. I think right. that's a, that that's kind of a good way to, to achieve things in life as, as in general, you just come yeah, I think with so a passion too. and then you, you collect what you need. I totally agree with that. I mean, the, the, the no, walking into a store and being like, you know, I'm not just looking for good shoes. I'm, I know specifically which parts of my foot are like I'm having trouble with and like just coming from experience is really, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah. it's really good. I think generally also in life, the fact that we, you know, the way the educational system works in a lot of countries. And I think in Israel too, in a way there's differences obviously because of the army, but mm-hmm. you know, where you're expected to kind of decide what you're going to learn <laughs> at like 18 and like spend the next few years of your life, like really learning something very specific. And by the time you get out and you start, you know, working in that industry, you're like, you know, you know, kind of you have, you've spent all this time getting ready to it, but then you know, on the first day, some people realize this is not for me. Like, I don't want to be, you know, uh, a doctor because, I mean, I do want to help people, but like, I hate blood or something like that. Or this whole, basically this lifestyle is not for me, you know? Um, Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. I I also know of people that in animation that that happened, uh, that happened too. Um, So uh, I know of a guy who went to, uh, I think he learned in animation mentor, Yeah. Uh, spent all that money, got a good job. First job uh, in the industry was pretty good. Um, and then at the end of it, the studio kind of couldn't find a, another job f- for him. You know, mm-hmm. regular story, go find another project. And he was like, yeah, well, it happens all the time. And he was like, well, like that's that 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 was scary to him 
because he had a kid and he had a wife and he had a you know uh, a, a mortgage and and he was like well I I I, I want a job I don't want to you know freelance here and there and jump between project and you know between projects and I said well you know that's animation that's how it is you move between projects and companies because uh, it's very rare to have one steady job for many years. And then he was like, well, you know what? I don't think I can handle, handle that. And his first job was also his last job in the industry. Um, wow. So that is crazy. <laughs> I mean, I know there's a few companies, very rare, you know, maybe Pixar is one of them, maybe, uh, or at least used to be kind of no, you know, notorious or, or known for yeah. offering kind <laughs> of a, uh, Notorious is not the right word, but <laughs> it's like, you come work for us, you'll never work anywhere again. Keep you, keep you under Hold our you forever. Spell. We're going to make you one of us. You know, I can't go anywhere. You can, um, <laughs> you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. <laughs> yeah. It might be a good opportunity actually to, to kind of say uh, one of the things I feel, one of the reasons I, I felt you were someone relevant for, for the podcast uh, to talk to is because, you know, you have, uh, uh, you have, a, an interesting journey. You started out as a character animation and classical and became a story artist and you got back into 3d, you worked for DPSI for in, in Israel, right? Yeah. Um, which was, uh, back then like the biggest, uh, animation studio in Israel and you had a pipeline, which nobody else had, I think. And, um, and then now you work in, you, you're in Vancouver. I'm in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you're working as a story artist or head of story? Uh, right now, I'm a storyboard director, which means for a, for a TV show, uh, for DreamWorks uh, TV show. Um, oh. And uh, storyboard director means basically I'm, I'm, I'm doing the storyboards and then also the animatic. So, oh, interesting. So, but but not I'm not going into the animation or layout or anything else. It's just like storyboard animatic from from zero to you know to 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 the end of that so, oh interesting i'll i'll go back into that for a second but i just wanted to kind of uh finish the thought process so right. the other thing about you was is that you also published a book about creativity yeah about the creative uh, process creativity is oh creativity is uh, is this one of these misleading i think it's like a like a a bit of a a bit of a weird word in in that some people um, for some people it's uh, it's it's kind of like an abstract concept. Hmm. Um, so I like to say the creative process because creativity. I think creativity is when when people say creativity, a lot of the time people hear oh coming up with ideas. But when I say the creative process, it's like no, actually building the thing as well. It's not just coming up with ideas. Mm. Right. So it's, it's not just the conceptual process, the whole process of, of making something from a concept into a final work, whichever work it is. Yeah. And you're not limiting yourself to animation. I mean, maybe you use animation because that's kind of like the, the place you're coming from, but like the book is, is essentially something that is supposed to uh, incorporate and, and be useful for any other, process that involves uh going back into that kind of gray matter where 
ideas start off and like kind of shaping it into something, right? So it could be yeah. anything from sculpting and drawing and writing a book and writing a script and yeah, it's yeah. like in my in my mind the brain, the human brain works in a in a certain way and the and the and the way we trip ourselves up uh, ourselves up, um, you know, with anxiety and and fear and confusion, uh, they're not. They, they, you know, whether you're writing or animating or drawing or whatever else you do, uh, or designing games or whatever it is, it's the same sort of thought process, the same obstacles. So if the problem is the same, uh, you know, then the solution can also be the same. So, so that that's that's where right. the book is coming from, and also and also it comes from um, um, from basically I um, I. I have a. I've always been um, interested in uh, working smarter rather than harder. Uh, I want to, mm-hmm. and you know, I remember a conversation from from years ago, the very start of my career. That's uh, like '97 or something like that. I had this conversation with the with my boss back then, and I said, you know, every time I get an animation shot to to do. I feel like I've been shoved into cold water and I need to get to the other side and I'm, I'm flailing and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm inhaling water and I'm coughing and I'm, you know, making crazy, uh, uh, motions with my whole body. And, and somehow, somehow I stay afloat. I get to the other side, not always, but, but usually I get to the other side. I, I do it. I do the work. People are happy, but it, was so difficult and felt so hard, you know, emotionally and, and even physically. I, I was like, yeah, I, I just want to know how to swim. I want to do the same thing, but with the liberation and I, I want to have a system. So for many years, I've been working on having such a system that would take the anxiety away, uh, you know, without formulate, without formulating anything, uh, that that would keep the chaos because the chaos is an important part of the process. Uh, uh, if you only have control, you end up with boring work. You need to have control and you, caught chaos. You wanna, yeah, you want to be able to walk into that sports store and buy the shoes at some yeah. point, right? I mean, it seems yeah. like you're like the chaos you're describing is kind of like starting something and just going and doing it, right? Like running, deciding to start running, and you just leave, you know, open the door, walk out and you start running. And obviously, you know, you're ill-equipped, but it seems like after a while, something about you says, well, there's gotta be some way, it's gotta be a way to prevent, uh, you know, stones from yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. cutting my, my yeah. legs, you know? And like, that's, it feels like that's where you were. You were like, okay, it's time for me to, to buy those shoes. And it seems like you haven't, there's no store. Yeah, exactly. So I had to, I had to <laughs> like you had to come up with your that's why I, I, I kind of really connected to that because it seems like this is a similar situation where you're like, you know, there's got to be some ancient wisdom here that I'm missing on. Or, or if there isn't, I'm just going to like put it down towards myself yeah. or something. But but um, also the, the chaos I'm, I'm talking about is also just, just accepting the fact that in creativity, there's going to be a lot of um, times where you don't, you don't know the answers. You don't have the answers, and that is okay. And I think, I think a lot of people that creates a lot of anxiety. Like I need to do the work, but I don't know how to do the work. And part part of the whole right. process is to say, well, it's okay to not know. 
it's it's a legitimate and expected and and good part of the process. And if you have a, a structured way of working that slowly takes the uncertainty out, not in one step, in many steps, uh, and step by step by step, the the, the you know the level of, of uncertainty and wrongness gets diminished until you have you know that nugget of, of truth uh, and and of you know that, that ends up being right. the work you really wanted to do. That's fine, and and I think just knowing that already relieves a lot of the stress that people um, feel when they create create something. So that's, trust the process. I, I was talking to um, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, Ethan Shaftel, and he that was his kind of like conclusion in our episode was like that you know his big advice to people who are you know wanting to be kind of creators and do their own thing is just to have have um, trust in in the process itself because a lot of times you know you you have to basically understand your first draft is gonna suck yeah and it's just the nature of things it doesn't mean you're bad at anything it doesn't mean you should stop you know developing and it doesn't mean you should give up but it's uh, it's uh, understanding that and, and accepting it as part of the process is the most important thing because that's what's going to let you kind of motivate you to keep going and keep trying, just accepting that it's not going to be perfect in the first shot. Um, yeah, I think, I think a, lot of, uh, a lot of that also has to do with procrastination or rather procrastination has a lot, a lot to do with that because, you know, you think about it. Why do, we, why do we procrastinate if you're, you know, you're, say you're an animator? Right. Uh, you know, you chose that. It's not like, oh, you know, uh, now I, you know, I have no other ideas. Uh, so, I, you know, I might as well be an accountant or something like that. Uh, you know, this is something you chose and you have, you know, presumably, presumably you have some kind of passion for. And then at the same time, you procrastinate. Why is that? And I think a lot of that is just from fear, from the fear of failure. If I do something, I put myself on the line and I might be wrong and that's going to hurt. So I might as well, you know, just, just I'll do that later and I'll do the Facebook for now. And then if you take out the, that, the sting of that fear because, oh, I'm allowed to be wrong. Well, in that case, it's not that scary anymore. Let me try and see what happens. Uh, I think it, it takes away some some of the edge out of you know procrastination as well. And uh, the book, this book that you released recently, uh, is that the first book you've ever written? Um, interesting question. Uh, the book is called Workflow. Yeah. Uh, previously, I also wrote a, a book. I th- I think you may have seen it. Uh, Called the the mechanics of inspiration, which was in Hebrew. Uh, yeah, of course. And it was kind of the same ideas, but um, uh, the delivery was entirely different and uh, and more. Um, it was drier. It was more like here's the thing. I think the I think the I think the new one is is a bit more colorful. It's a lot more colorful, uh, and and the delivery is lighter. I think. Um, but it's yeah. the same ideas, uh, but an entirely like it was rewritten completely. So whether it's my second book or my first book, <laughs> it's it's hard to say. <laughs> uh, there was another one that I that I wrote that's on Amazon uh, that nobody knows about, uh, which is about um, starting your career. Just a very small one. Uh, did you know about that? Yeah, yeah it was. 
I did not know about like, that. That was before no, the first was, one, or before? it was after. Uh, I was kind of anyway. It was, uh, it was just a bunch of because a lot of people were asking me about how do you get into the industry, and I found myself uh, explaining things uh, again and again and again, like the same thing. I said, you know, why don't I just write it? And then I started writing it. Yeah, send send people to to read instead of <laughs> boring you with. Uh... Having to repeat yourself. Yeah. So it, like, it ended up being like 20 pages. And I was like, well, let's make a little book out of that um, and, oh. uh, and put it up there for download. So I did. Um, um, I guess what I was asking is like the process of making, of writing a book for the first time and the second <laughs> time and the third time or whatever it is. You know, uh, was there any moment in that process itself where you were like, thinking of giving up or real or thinking I'm never, you know, it's never going to work. Nobody's going to want it. Why am I wasting my time? Or where did you mostly do it? For I yourself? never had any, any doubts that I'm going to finish it. Uh, I knew also the second, you know, the second time around it was with a publisher and then I had the contract. I had to, I had yeah. to finish it, but also the first time I knew that I was going to finish it. I, I think, I think uh, in any project, once you, once you move beyond a certain amount of investment, like you've already invested like, you know, weeks and weeks in this thing, uh, you know that yeah. you're going to finish it because anything else would be just too painful. So I knew I was, I would finish it and I thought it would be, it would be something I would think is good. But in terms of the, your other question, whether, you know, people would want to read it, that, yeah, that still is a is a thing I'm thinking of. Like, is 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 it is it as interesting as I think it is? Uh, you know, is it as helpful as I think it is? And and like there, I, I don't think there's an a, an actual amount of of good feedback that takes that question away. I'm, I mean, maybe if a million people buy the yeah. book and and uh, like it and write great uh, reviews on Amazon. Yeah. Maybe that's enough, but yeah, it's, it's always a, it's always a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to put something which is completely yours out there. Uh, very strange. So how does it compare? Cause I know you also directed a short film and, um, you, you know, you, you have the experience of releasing something in a different medium, um, that is also kind of your own. How, how do you compare the two? I mean, can you, like the moment it's out there and, you know, I don't know, the first reaction comes back. Yeah, to it. it's, a, it's a very, it? it's a very different thing. The short was done very quickly. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to take the time and do the best short I can ever do. It was just like, basically we, uh, after I directed the uh, uh the episode, the TV episodes for uh, Roadrunner, and that was a really cool project that yeah. we all, as a team, enjoyed working on. We enjoyed working together, and it was done. Uh, and people, and there was uh, there was a, a downtime there, um, and people didn't want to start looking for a new job because we wanted to stay together and as a team. We had. Are you talking about just so, just so I I kind of the frame of reference is. Talking about working at Crew Nine Seven Two with Alex, yeah, yeah, yeah. about on so that was an Israeli company. You were sitting in Tel Aviv at the time. You got commissioned to create a short series for Warner Brothers. 
about yes. the Roadrunner in 3D, right? In 3D, and, yeah. And Alex was an ex-Pixar guy who opened a studio in Israel uh, called Crew 972. And you, so you directed those episodes? Yeah. Uh, basically, Alex, uh, after a couple of uh, episodes that he directed, he uh, had to um, focus on, on something else. Uh, and uh, and he needed help directing it. So basically, yeah, I he oversaw the the uh, he was overseeing it from afar, but I was hands on directing the whole thing. From uh, we got the storyboards from them. We I did a I did a couple of storyboards on that, but mostly we got the storyboard from from them. And also, okay. uh, uh, sound was done uh, by Warner Warner Brothers, but we did uh, basically all the rest. Uh, the animation, gotcha. uh, layout, and the... wow, that was oh. a really that was really well made. By the way, I remember that. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, great. Uh, yeah. Uh, so after that, we did the the short film in just a few weeks. Uh, I just like, oh, we have a few weeks. Uh, let's do something. And I, I remember I was like, I was like, yeah, I, I, we got to do something. But I don't have an idea that would fit a few weeks. Of work, and then I I was just went for a walk, and I said by the end of that walk I come back with an idea, and I came back with an idea, and that's what we did, and wow. the, the design was super simple, um, uh, everything was super simple. I like I like the the result, but it, it's not like it's not like the book, which is something I worked on for thirteen years, and I made I I tried to do my absolute best to 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 feel very um satisfied with that so writing a book for for that for that long there's something have you ever thought about it being like kind of um uh, what would be the word like presumptuous like you know yes to, to it's very presumptuous. <laughs> like, why yes. why are you a, like who gave you the authority to become the authority on this subject matter right i mean do, do you ever think about that it is it is the most presumptuous thing <laughs> like okay so <laughs> if you think about it what i what i took upon myself was to was to give advice to everybody who does anything at all ever in any medium and any size also, because that's part of it. The process, that process I'm describing is, you know, it works for, you know, if you're, if you're just doing one drawing or if you're just doing one shot of animation or if you're doing a whole TV series or a whole feature film. Right. It's the same sort of process. It's explained in the book. I'm not going to go into it. Uh, but, you know, how come the same process can work for such different scales? But basically, it's trying to be all-encompassing. <laughs> and, it, and it's the most presumptuous thing. Like, I don't know anything, anybody else who did something that presumptuous. I'm aware of it. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I, um, I, um, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> You're like, screw it. Screw it. It is presumptuous. Deal with it. <laughs> But the thing is, but the thing is, uh, by now, both in the the Hebrew version and the English version was were read by uh, uh, animators and writers, and also I made the video courses, uh, and they were also uh, seen by same material. They were also seen by uh, three thousand or four thousand people, 
and also it was translated to Chinese by somebody wow. and many thousands of people saw part of that at least over there. And so by this time, writers and architects and animators and musicians and uh, even uh, academia people who need, who need to write theses and articles and stuff like that um, and game designers and, you know, this, uh, web designers, a lot of people saw those materials or read them and um, they connect to it. Yeah. So, and they, and they get something out of that and uh, they, they get help from that. Um, so I did touch on something that's not entirely stupid. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I it was just realized, made me realize, you know, there's something about the experience of having studied film in Israel and then having studied film in Los Angeles that I feel is a similar, um, there's something about studying film in Israel. I remember that was kind of like about, okay, just go out, make a film, come back. We'll talk about it, you know? Um, and that was a good experience, very interesting way of, um, of learning by trial and error, by having other people kind of dissect your work. And you, and you learn a lot from that process. And in LA, there was a lot more, there was a little bit of that as well, for sure. That's a big part of how specifically this film school here, American Film Institute works, where it's like they send people out, they make films, they come back and it's being discussed and dissected. But there's also something very um, utilitarian about, uh, about some of the, the classes. Like we had teachers that came from TV and we're very, very like structured about their approach to, you know, what do you do before you go on set? How do you talk to actors? How do you prefer, prepare them? You know, there's there's a big uh, kind of structural part of that, uh, which I there's something also in in acting school. I remember there where there where there's like a, and I have a good friend who's a big kind of uh, acting teacher in Israel has his own uh, school workshop. Um, that also works in a very, very structural way, has a very specific like stage one, stage two, how do you approach a scene? What do you ask yourself? What are the things you want to answer before you go on, uh, you know, on stage and things like that. Um, but I just remember that like kind of dichotomy and there's something about you and Alex. I remember in the beginning of my animation career, uh, two people that came from outside the state. And I remember Alex's lecture about the stages of approaching an animated shot. And he was talking about he was showing how he approached creating like a, a a run cycle for this cute little creature, and how he kind of started out with the with with general kind of up and down motion of the pelvis, and then let's add, you know, and how much character can you already get out of that very basic movement of just the the, the center of kind yeah. of thing, and then and then you add to that, you add a little bit of overlap motion with the legs, and you add a little bit of like you know anticipation with the hands, and like. Everything you add on top of that just kind of adds a little bit more detail, but also kind of a little bit more character. But like the basic concept, like if it's a happy motion or a sad motion, it, it all kind of starts from the beginning. And then I remember, sorry, I'm kind of babbling for a little bit, but then I remember at some point I did a, um, it was actually funny enough, during my first year in film school, I got kind of uh, homesick to animation a little bit. So I spent like a mm -hmm. holiday week Um doing some doing a tracking tech test basically I, I shot a little video of my I, uh, I think I remember that I think it was it was very awesome with, with the two robots that jump out of the with screen the two robots. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was pretty. That was pretty awesome. Thanks, and and I really kind of went back. And I really, when I did it, I I remembered Alex's lecture about his process, and I tried to repeat it. You know, with that with that test. So I I created two balls, and I I moved them very roughly around the the, the table in in this kind of on on this live action base that I shot and. And I was like, hmm, let's add legs to them now. You know, let's add a little bit of uh, jumpiness to them and let's add this. And kind of like I recorded the process too. And then I created this little video of it, which I believe you at some point also uh, shared on your uh, Facebook page when you were talking about. Uh, I think I did. And I would like to share it again because it's been a <laughs> while. And I think there's new, new, new people now that have, haven't seen it. I don't know if you feel still, if you still feel good about showing that oh, you, know, you know it's like an a, it's work. an old uh you know it's an old archive vault thing i think i still have it you know sitting around so i'm happy i'd love to show it again happy it, it was it. i remember that uh that process was super interesting and it talks to a lot of stuff that i'm that i'm talking about uh in in the book as well and i feel like um, is it is there something about you feel like something about the fact that you, both you and alex came from you know obviously originally from israel but you both kind of experienced, you know, a different society. Like he was in at Pixar where I'm sure he picked up on a lot of those kind of techniques and stuff that other artists were kind of developing and using in order to maintain some sort of a, you know, a unified um, look I, and stuff. I don't, I don't think so. Cause I started thinking about those things, uh, you know, well, after Asterix, but, but I, I really started thinking about those things uh, also before, um, also when I was uh, uh, managing the animation department at the DPSI or supervising it actually. Um, but um, I think it, I think it has to do with uh, with a certain way of thinking. I know, I know many artists who, uh, with a lot of experience, who don't who are not very good at, at explaining you know why they do some what they do or how they do it or you know they just they just do it um, you know for years I had this uh, saying that you know I use hard work to to fake talent <laughs> because I didn't think you know I didn't think I, I was very talented at this I came into it uh, late I had to struggle a lot but I, I was just passionate enough to go like well, how, you know what kind of system can I devise? Uh, you know to 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 basically um, counterbalance the fact that I'm not as talented as some of the people who can seemingly just do it, and you know whatever comes out is 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 already kind of great. I had to think about it. So when, when you say it, now, I, I can explain it to other people. Did you did you start and in think, 3D? Uh, and I think Alex, oh. I think Alex has has the same. Um, the same kind of uh, way of thinking that it like being a teacher and being a good artist is not, you know, it's different skill sets and you can be a good teacher and not a great artist. You can be a great artist, not, not a good teacher and you can be good at both. It's just completely mutually exclusive. So I think he's just good at that. Alex. Oh, I see. You think it's not necessarily coming from being at Pixar and being surrounded by those, I don't think by, so. By those kind of concepts. I don't think cool. so. I think it's just a, a, a sort of a, a, just a way of thinking that 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 is arranged in such a way that makes it easier for you to explain to pass it through words to other people. 
to, through words and examples. And some people just don't have that mode of that way of thinking. I think I think it's just about that. Gotcha. Um, okay. I'm a bit blanking. You, <laughs> I, I'm like, now why do I ask? I, it was kind of going really well for a while there. <laughs> um, no, let me ask you this then. Okay. You, nowadays, are you working on another book by chance or are you taking a break from writing at the moment? I'm taking a break. And also, um, I'm, I'm basically trying to, um, to let the world know about this book because it's up to me. Uh, right. Nobody, nobody does that work for you. Even, even when you publish through a publishing house, they do some of the work, but a lot of it comes from you, you know, and your passion to what you wrote. Gotcha. Uh, so we'll definitely encourage people to, to buy the book and read the book and go to the website. Can... And, uh, I, I, I have a blog there that, you know, which I share, you know, with, uh, some, you know, when something comes to mind, uh, I just share it there yeah. in the form of an article or on Facebook or whatever. Um, so do you have a lot, uh, a big mailing list uh, that you attach? Not to really, block? because uh, I don't. I'm not very good at marketing, honestly, and uh, and uh, I just uh, yeah, I just put some stuff out there, and and I hope that people, you know, through knowing me, through hearing about uh, what I do, will hear about it. Uh, the mailing list is all, you know, it's like, it's hard to get emails from people. I understand why it's hard to get email from me, uh, an email from me. I, I'm very reluctant to give my email to anybody. So I think, you know, I feel like, I feel like though, I mean, I, I, I'm the same way that the one time I do give my emails is when, when I feel like, you know, people go out of the way to offer something for free. So for instance, you know, this blog that you're creating, which uh, I'm sure has like uh, a lot of valuable information is something that's just available there for free. And it's like, you know, it's obviously not, it's not a sinister, uh, you know, conglomerate behind this. It's not like company that's trying to, you know, mine you for, for information or whatever. And, you know, it, it's one person who's, who's just passionate about what they're doing. And yeah, you know, I, I think you're no, right. I didn't think about it that way. I always, yeah, I always feel, I, I this, okay. This is this is just me being stupid, but I always feel like when I ask for for some for for someone's email, I feel, I feel like there's something dirty about that. Uh, like you know, marketing, <laughs> you know, like yeah. give me your email. I want to sell you, sell you stuff, and uh, and it just kind of uh, right. yeah. I get I get I get bothered with with that, but I think it's just in my in my in my in my silly brain. It's uh, I think I need yeah. to sort of over over overcome that. The the video courses that I that I made and sold online uh, for a while. Uh, oh, I still yeah. do, um, but I'm not really marketing it. I'm, I'm focusing on the on the on the book. But the the point is, when they came out uh, and people started buying them, my reaction to that. Like when somebody would buy my one of my courses, my reaction was that was yeah. entirely negative. It was really strange. Yeah, really? it was like, oh, they bought it. They 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 paid money for this, and now they're gonna see all the imperfections, and they're gonna and they're gonna be oh. so like they would be like, why did I spend my why did I throw my money away? 
You know, that was my, I was, every time somebody bought it, I was, why did I do that to this poor person? You know, I better give him the money back. You know, it's like, it was a very strange, very strange visceral reaction. I think I'm over that now, but yeah, I'm not a very good businessman. (laughs) And what were people's reaction? I mean, did they, did anybody actually ever ask for their money back? Nobody. Uh, one person out of many thousands uh, said that, you know, like, was like, ah, that's, that's horrible. But I got a lot of really good, encouraging reactions. People were like, oh, you know, I wanted to write this novel for years and now, and I was, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure out how to, how to even begin. And now I'm, I'm working on it and it's fun. And thank you so much. A lot of that, um, which is always really like, you know, if you unlock the door for somebody for the for someone's dreams, that you know, like you can't ask for more, right? In this yeah, world. So. it's like giving someone you know uh, a fishing rod. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like there you go, play along with it. You know, do your thing. And I guess you know what it brings you to this thing. Like part of what this podcast is about is you know is people. Is is like after after hours curriculum in a way, you know, people who who don't define themselves by what they do, you know, they they might have a day job and they might have a even a, a creative one is in in that and like something that they that they have passion for and they do you know willingly and everything, but they still kind of thrive for more and they do things like you know you for instance deciding to do the short film after. Yeah, you know, once this project was over, and you were like, you know, we could all just take a, a nice break and maybe spend, <laughs> uh, you know, go to the beach and, and <laughs> but let, no, let's let's just like let's do something, you know, with our time and we're all here and everything. Let's let's be creative and do something unique and and fresh. Uh, and with this book and you know this and and the blog and and the courses, the video courses and stuff, sounds like you have a like you're living two lives in a way, like you're. <laughs> you're um you know it, c- committing more of yourself you're putting more of yourself in, into this craft and is, is there something that's not fulfilling about animation that makes you um uh, want to do more or is it merely just you know um i i enjoy teaching very much and i enjoy uh when people tell me that they learned something and and they felt like they feel like they grew because of something that I said or showed them. That mm. is a very f- fulfilling thing for me. So, um, so I always in my in throughout my career, I started teaching three years after I started being an animator. So my whole career is teaching and doing because um, I love I love both, and I don't think I can see myself doing one of these things uh it has to to be both and i think they complement each other very nicely as well so so that's a win and even when i'm in uh in every studio i i ever worked with uh, worked at um i did uh i always found a way to do some um teaching in the studio um just just for fun, for inspiration for other people. And in some studios, I also roped in other people and, and we started to do um, uh, like a weekly uh, talk or lecture or discussion 
and and every week it was somebody else doing it. So teaching is an important thing. Um, so so yeah, I think I think it comes from from that. Doing just animation, just creating animation is yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be enough. I need to do both. Wow, wow. And it's it's uh, it's these are some harsh you words. Know, it can be harsh tiring. words about animation. There, it's not enough. Well, it's it's not about animation. It, <laughs> it could be anything. It's just like the making and the teaching. Yeah. In in me, they have to come together. No, that, I I find it. I connect to it as well. I mean, I, I remember when we worked together at Snowball. I believe we also had this thing where we would have like weekly lectures, and you know, once, you know, every every one of us kind of had an opportunity one you know one day every few months, I guess, or every few weeks to come up and, sh- and share something. And I feel like I've also done that before in, in the, you know, it was part of what attracted me to the, to the forums, you know, before that, because it was like a place where people could, could exchange ideas and, and communicate and, and share. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of that, and, and, that. That's very rewarding. And, and I think, I really think that teaching and critiquing other people's work, uh, Two different things, by the way, teaching and critiquing. Um, both of them are very, uh, very important for your own growth. So a lot of stuff that, a lot of important stuff that I learned about animation, I learned by hearing myself saying them in a class. Yeah, I never thought about it before. All of a sudden, uh, it came to me while critiquing somebody's work. And basically it's, it's the same um, critiquing somebody, you know, how do you, how do you create something great? You do something not great. And then you look at it and go like, well, how do I improve that? Well, that's the same thing you do with students, right? So it teaches you, uh, it teaches you to be a better artist. By teaching you, be you become a better artist. Like articulating also, those things in in your own words, yeah. and putting them, putting thoughts to words in a way. Exactly, you structure. It helps you structure your thought uh, process in a way that um, that just doing doesn't doesn't help you do that much. It's really helpful. You know, if any, you know, uh, I would say one of the greatest advice. Uh, pieces of advice that I can give to anybody is if you can teach, teach, <laughs> find a way, teach people, right? Because it a uh, would make you a better artist. B uh, would create um, a you know net like it's very important for networking because you get to meet a lot of influence and meet a lot of people in a short space of time. And then C it puts you in a bit of a higher place because you know you you're standing in front of a crowd and you're speaking and they're listening to you and 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 sort of the the, the feeling is that is that is that you have something to say which people like so <laughs> it's like this that's it's, like there, there is that's the dark side of this it's like the so the 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 uh psychological aspect of like having people associate you with the you know the the social uh, level of a teacher versus a student, like you know, now you're you're different, and which which is very effective in a way, and it, and it like yeah yeah, like you teach somebody, and then uh, and then three years later, 
that person might be in a position to hire you. Yeah. And that happened to me many times. Uh, and they would because they, you know, they, they look up to you. No, it's, so, it's so, I mean, it's, it's funny how psychological it is. Like I, I can imagine I have, I'm sitting here in my room. We have uh, a nice backyard. There's squirrels in it. And I'm looking at a squirrel and I'm like, you know, this is just a normal squirrel. But if I had this idea, if I ever saw that squirrel standing in front of a group of squirrels and like, you know, teaching them, <laughs> you know, I, I would, I would be so so impressed you know the squirrel would suddenly be more than just a squirrel it's like it's, it's a teacher squirrel yeah. now he's yeah that's that's an elevated squirrel an that's elevated a super squirrel, squirrel. Now. you know you, you want to be you want to <laughs> be that, that squirrel you don't want to be the the one that just you know the random squirrel <laughs> i'm gonna steal that 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 metaphor from you i love it well, i just it's so visual <laughs> it's it's such an animated uh, <laughs> metaphor but uh yeah, I mean, if you be that squirrel, people. Be that squirrel. Be that squirrel. Be the yeah. teacher squirrel, the <laughs> elevated squirrel. Uh, super squirrel. It's like he, the one who knows where to find the corn, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or no, how to find the corn. That's more important. How, how to, yeah, how to exactly. go about finding your corn. It's like the process. <laughs> <laughs> the corn. And, then that, and then that squirrel also writes a book, so now... <laughs> Exactly. There you go. We have a, ourselves a, you in the squirrel, <laughs> in the squirrel world. Um, yeah. So, in at work today, like let's say, were you at? No, today's that Saturday. So hopefully you weren't at work today. But uh, no. you go going to work on Monday, I assume. Um, do you uh, do you work? Uh, are you a supervisor at this like on this project, or do you have kind of your own office and you sit and work by yourself? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, the title is uh, storyboard director, uh, which is, uh, yeah, I'm supervising. I don't, I, I hardly draw at all other than doing, you know, showing in thumbnails, right. uh, solving things, you know, in thumbnails and then, uh, to help, to help other people, uh, solve dif- difficult problems. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, uh, even, even in your daily work now, like you practice more communicating ideas than actually like producing that's true you know yeah that's true so that's the that's a, that's a, the fourth reason for teaching because it it um prepares you for a job uh as a supervisor because supervising is in, in many ways like being a teacher so how long ago did you like start supervising do you remember i mean i'm sure you remember yes <laughs> do you I remember do, uh, how long ago? <laughs> <laughs> 2002 so that's uh yeah around the same time it was like a few months after i started teaching hmm. um so there you go <laughs> proof positive so uh yeah 2002 yeah i was i was fairly new you know relatively uh i, th- I was like four years in the in the industry five maybe and then uh, yeah all of a sudden i got into this uh, company it was a very small company that blew up, you know, like grew uh, very quickly and very suddenly. Uh, DPSI. Oh, DPSI, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was eight people uh, before we came in. Hmm. And then uh, and then, then there were, we were 20. And from that to uh, like 100 and something was like a matter of a few months. And uh, all of a sudden I found myself with five years experience. I found myself supervising. 20 animators wow and that was an interesting experience were some of these animators people you worked with on a smaller scale before or were all of them like new Uh, and came under you 
one of them was somebody I, I worked with before, and but all the rest were new and younger than me, mostly. Uh, not younger, I mean, um, uh, in the industry. They in the industry, kind yeah. Of out, of, out of school. But it was a very, very interesting experience. I made many mistakes uh, in the beginning. And the most interesting one that I can talk about uh, is I, you, you have this pressure as a, you know, your first supervising uh, job and you think, well, or at least I did, I thought, well, I, it's on me. I have to, I have to do the animation and all those people are helping me do this. Right. And, and in the process of, of doing that job, I learned that it's the other way around it. You should, you should, you should think of yourself as a as a helper. So it's not I'm doing the work; these people are helping me do it. Uh, and so if if anything's wrong, then it's I you know it's my fault. So I have to be really harsh. It's they're doing the job, and I'm here to help them to make it as you know to make it better to work you know uh, in a structured way um, uh, to work with focus. Uh, right. I, I need to give them all the information. I am a service. I'm not, you know, um, they're not serving me. I'm serving them is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and I had to learn that uh, that's the an hard way. That's an important lesson. So the hard way means like in the beginning, were you, would you ever, you know, would you ever take over someone's work and like try to, you know, it, was that kind of how it manifested or was it more about yourself, your own psychology and like feeling... Like it was a, more about the psychology. I I don't think I ever, you know, just uh, you know, unless in uh, taking somebody's work away and just doing it myself is gladly not a thing I did very often. Uh, very rarely. I I think I remember maybe you know like three four times in my whole supervising career that I really did that. Yeah. Um, it was more yeah the psychology and just the sort of the 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 harshness that comes from you know if somebody's making a mistake in the in the if if you're seeing if you're seeing yourself as i am the animation um you know i am the animation uh i'm the i'm the i'm the person well you are the person responsible but if it's them serving me then somebody makes a mistake it you think of it as your mistake. And so you, you, you tend to, to be more harsh. Yeah. Uh, whereas in your judgment, whereas if you come from a place of, I am giving them help, I'm, I'm giving them service. It's easier to be more forgiving and more supportive and less, you know, you know, coming from the top down going like you do this because this is what I want. It's more like elevating everybody from below, like pushing them up. It's a different, it's just a different frame of, frame of mind. And the same principle applies also when you're direct and when, when it's like a project that you originated, like the short film, for instance, or. Yeah. It, I, I try to, to always be in that, in that state of mind. Um, and also as a director, I, uh, that's something I've been saying to people. I, uh, direct, uh, for many years. Being the director is I'm I'm um, the reason. So here it is. Uh, the fact I'm directing you is not 
because I'm smarter than you or have better taste or anything like that. It's because the, the reason I can tell you with some kind of conviction uh, that this is right and this is wrong is because, first of all, two things. First of all, I am, I have information. I have the bigger picture. I have information. Um, uh, I have, I, I hold all the threads of the information, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I see the context of what you're doing and therefore I can see it more clearly. And then, so that's one reason. And the other reason is that uh, I'm just not in it that much. So when you're, let's say, an animator, you're thinking about the details, the small, the smallest details of what we, of what you're doing, and you're in it. You're so close to it. You're so hands on that it it gets hard to to judge it. And then that's the service I provide. I come to it and I see it maybe one, you know once in every three days yeah and then i have that clarity so so i think pretty much there is some experience in involved and 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 other things but basically anybody can direct anybody because it's really about when you have the information and when you have this detachment uh that's you know that helps you judge things a little bit better than other people that's a very interesting observation i i'm working on a short film now and i have uh, my co-directors my girlfriend Ainat uh, tubi and she you know we're at the stage where you know we already shot it you know we 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 have it locked and i'm doing a lot of the post now a lot of the visual effects and you know it's really good you know to have her see my work in the visual effects side of things you know every day two days three days and be like oh that yeah. looks really cool but like you know you have to remove this part because it's too noisy or something like it. it's, it's not plot oriented or like, you know, so it's, it's very helpful to have someone out yeah. there and we're both directing it. There's no like hierarchy here. I mean, if anything, I can argue that I'm spending more time on this or I'm like closer to it or something or whatever, but like, you know, it's great because she doesn't, she doesn't have that same level of, you know, attention to the specific detail of what, you know, or the, definitely not the technical aspects of like, all the little things that I needed to, you know, to accomplish to, to create an effect. And, and also the emotional attachment, right? You invest a lot of time and effort and love and passion in something. And then if it needs to change, your brain may not want to see that. And, and our brains are very good at not seeing what we don't want to, what they don't want to see. Yeah. So somebody comes in from from the outside and they don't have that emotional attachment and they go like, well, you need to change this whole thing. And you might, you know, fight against it and, and kick and scream. But then, you know, if you're, if you're a, a good artist, I think you will, you know, look at it. And if it's correct, you will change it. And then a lot of the time, I, I made a lot of changes um, that I, you know, a director told me to change something. I was like, ah, no, they don't understand anything. And then I did it. And I was like, well, you know what? <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's better. That's, yeah, I, I can, I can connect to that as well. So um, you are in Vancouver right now. What's the weather there? I'm just curious. Um, actually, very nice, which is not always the case in October. We had two years ago, we had October was raining for the whole of it really like, it was like completely three three uh, 30 days of rain almost like 
29 days of rain. It was horrible. But this October is amazing. It's sunny and great. And uh, the colors of the of uh, autumn is uh, are, are beautiful. And uh, we're having a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm in LA in at Water and Glendale. And uh, yeah. the sun is still out. It's uh, 618. I'm guessing yours, the, the sun is even higher in Vancouver, right? The sun sets a bit later, I'm sure. A bit later, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. I think... I think actually probably in this time at this time of year it's probably shorter because oh, you know the yeah. in, in summer we have longer days and in winter we have shorter days. Oh yeah, and we're approaching winter. Wow, and I'm yeah. like yeah, we it was raining last night and this today also it's kind of like really nice and fresh and for us in LA rain is like you know unicorn you know we we all you know yeah 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 that's newsworthy. Cherish. It's like, you know, <laughs> stop everything else. It's been raining today. Yeah, it's I like know. Israel. <laughs> and I was like, and then we're watching the news and we're seeing what's happening in Florida with like the hurricane and stuff. And we're like, oh, we shouldn't be so happy about rain because it's like unfair, <laughs> unfair to other well, people. Well, you know, the U.S. is such a huge place with so many different weather systems. It's like, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's very, uh, it's very interesting and fresh. So, um, and you, uh, how long are you uh, staying for in... You just moved to a new place, by the way, didn't you? Like a few months ago? Uh, yeah, we did uh, almost a year now. Yeah. So are you pretty Very much nice like uh, kind of settling there in Vancouver or are you uh, ever thinking of moving away from Vancouver? It's a very interesting question. Uh, me and Elin, uh, my partner, um, have a lot of discussions about that. And I think we landed on an interesting thing. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna try and go for um, in the coming few years. Uh, we're gonna use uh, Vancouver as the you know like this is where we live. This is this is the mothership. But I think we're gonna try and do uh, three four months a year, living somewhere else, whether it's Israel or Europe. Um, I still have many friends in Denmark and uh, and. Uh, other places. Was it Copenhagen so, or somewhere else in Copenhagen? Copenhagen. Yeah. So, so we're thinking of doing this, trying to to do this lifestyle where you know eight or nine months a year we're in here in Vancouver, and three four months uh, we're somewhere else, and that would also help with uh, first of all it's just like fun and varied, and uh, you don't have to you know just kind of like get tired of the of of being in one place, but also it would help with. Uh, me giving some lectures and and talks about um, about the book and about the workflow. I just went to Russia. Oh yeah, uh, I saw that for a weekend. Too. How was that? It was cool. It was cool. It was uh, it was a very very good experience. Um, I think I'm gonna. Uh, I think they got they they recorded the the lecture, uh, which was very well received. Nice. Um, uh, it was really really it was really good. It was really cool. Um, uh, like the person, the, the the guys, they were so interested and they responded so well. I was, I was really, I was really excited. And did about you that. go with your partner with Aline? No, I didn't because it was just like uh, she has her work here and uh, and uh, it just mean I I went there for a weekend. Gotcha. Yeah, I, the other side of the world for a weekend. It was like twenty. It was it was uh, about. 40 hours of flight for about 40 hours of, of oh being. no that's horrible and the jet lag and everything no jet lag i actually had a really good experience because i i um 
I didn't like this was a test. I wanted to see well if I just do that would be would it be horrible? And I tried to see the flight as you know instead of thinking of it as ah oh, you know it's an annoying thing. I was like well I often want to have just some free time with myself where nobody you know demands anything from me or asking a question or wanting something. I it's like just to be, and that gives me that I was like yeah. Well, yeah, the, the 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 space is a bit cramped, but you have 10, 15 hours of just time with yourself. Enjoy it. So I did. I did enjoy it. I, I actually enjoyed it. And, the, and there's no jet lag wow. to me when you do uh, such a short trip because the whole system doesn't have time to, to flip to the other location. So it was actually pretty good. It was a good test. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to do that. Uh, more, man. I'm, I'm now thinking of uh, giving some, uh, um, you know, doing some uh, workshops in Israel like that. Uh, I have a friend, uh, I think, in Latvia, who was who said uh, their, his studio is interested in uh, having me over to do a workshop. Uh, yeah, cool. that kind of opens the door to many things. Do you promote yourself? Like, do you approach sometimes people for you know and kind of offer to make those workshops, or is it something that you know, word of mouth and people contact you? Word of mouth, usually through contacts, but I should be doing that and I want to do that more. I'm just, uh, yeah, uh, like I said, uh, in terms of marketing myself, bluntly, I'm not very good at that. I'm, I'm I kind of, I kind of uh, lean on, on my networking to do the job for me, but but I can. I think. I think I need to do more. Uh, more of that, and I'm, I'm. I plan to. And when you say lean on your networking, we're talking about what thirteen years worth of like connect, being working in different places, knowing different people. You yeah, know, twenty three so, years. Twenty three years. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize that was ninety seven, my friend. Time flies. <laughs> when you're we're having not, fun, we're not as young as we think we are. <laughs> wow, that's uh I, I I cut ten years off of the off, off of your uh, your work history. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's good. That makes me ten years younger. <laughs> so the next question is: How do you stay so young? <laughs> Are you a vampire? Is that it? I am a vampire. Stupidly. Yeah. Um, and Elaine is in the same uh, in the same industry. She's also a, a designer, right? Yeah. Illustrator. Yeah, she's uh, yeah she's designing and illustrating uh, here in Vancouver. She, I think, uh, I think uh, she. We were both freelancing for a while. I was working uh, for Illumination. She was working for an Israeli company, and uh, we did this uh, digital nomad thing where we uh, just moved yeah. moved between countries, and that was a, an interesting uh, period of time. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that again, but. But uh, <laughs> but it, it I'm I'm glad I had that experience, um, but uh, yeah. So now she's working in a studio, but I think she'll, I think you know, for for that plan of of um, spending some time abroad in abroad every year, I think uh, we'll probably both do some freelancing again. It's just fun, so you know. It's mean, part of the fun of, yeah. of this profession, right? That you can do that. You can go in and right. out of, of being in a studio or just working from home. Uh, what do you think about automation? Are you? Does that keep you up at night? Because I mean, I am a bit worried, honestly, sometimes when I see all the like the new things that AI 
uh, you know, algorithms are capable of deep learning. Like it's not, it's not a lot of time before you're going to start seeing like, you know, uh, computer computers, like creating illustrated versions of people and like converting, you know, yeah. like creating animated styles, like all of on their own and stuff. Does that ever like occur to you that as something that you need to maybe plan to, or like think, think ahead towards? Um, so I thought of a solution for that. I thought maybe I write a book and, uh, and make some money out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're already active. <laughs> I'm, Actively. I'm just, yeah. I'm just kidding. I, I, it doesn't keep me up at night. I, I, I don't think, I think it's going to be many years before, um, before that will interfere with what I'm doing. I do think that um, I, because um, you can do a drawing with a computer and I'm sure the computers are going to get better and better, better and better at it. And they might even write stories and, but bringing everything together in a way that would speak to people and that would be unique every time. Uh, I think that's still a long way away. Um, yeah. I think that's still a long way away, long enough for me not to have to, to worry about it because I only have 20 years or something, maybe 30 years more of, of being active. I think in a hundred years, nobody knows. Right. But in 30 years, I think, uh, I think creativity and being, uh, uh, and directing other people or machines or whatever it is, is, is still going to be a thing. So. Well, I can't wait to talk to you again in 30 years and like, you know, and make me say, my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, you know, we're both going to be half computers, half human and you know, <laughs> cyborgs. And that, we'll that is about. probably going to happen. I, my, I think that, um, uh, augmented reality is going to be one of, you know, like the next, the next really big thing. It's like, if, if, um, like say uh, the 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 revolution of the cellular phone. Yeah, uh, I think augmented reality is going to be a revolution on that level. We're we're gonna be uh, we're gonna not be able to understand in twenty years or so right. how the hell we ever lived without it. Like how the hell did we live in a world in which we had to. Uh, we had to leave the physical world to go into the internet, which was on a screen and get the information and chat with people and then go back to the regular world. I think, I think it's going to be like, yeah, of course you look at, you look at a person and you see the data about him. You don't have to look for anything anymore. You don't yeah. have to look at screens. It's in your eye. It's overlaid on, on reality all the time. I think that's going to happen and we'll probably have chips in our eyes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, like retina, retina display in our uh, eye. What do you call that? Yeah, but, yeah it's um, going to be scary as hell for people like like me. Uh, it's going to be too old and grumpy to to really enjoy that. <laughs> but uh, but it's going to be very interesting. But I but I think people will still create the content. I think machine created content content. Uh, uh, would you know as long as people are consuming that 
Because here's the thing: if you can do, if you can create a content with with the machine, yeah, uh, it's the scarcity factor. Like you can just make tons of that kind of content, right? Without you know, in a, in, a, in an eye blink or something, you know, you don't. Uh, it's very cheap, and so uh, that kind of content is just going to. There's going to be heaps and heaps of that, right? And the and the supply will will uh, will just make it really not very interesting because there's going to be all that uh, a crazy amount of it. But the the stuff that people create. You know, it's like that would be the handmade thing, you know, that people will crave and will be, you know, happy to pay for still just because of scarcity, if nothing else. Right. So do you still see yourself as a, I mean, I don't know why I said still, but like, do you see yourself as a content creator? I mean, I know you directed the short and you're working in the creative industry. Do you have aspirations to, to, uh, to also yeah. originate uh, content? Are you right? And yeah, I have a few. I have a few projects that I that I'm that I'm think that I'm thinking of. It's always uh, that I'm developing at the moment, uh, and it's always, you know, you, you were talking about two lives: the life of the uh, of the uh, uh, somebody who works in industry uh, as professional, and the life of the teacher. And right. then, so a, de- a developer of content—that's a third life. And I, and then you have, of course, the fourth, fourth life, which is your actual life with your girlfriend and your parents and your, you know, family and your yeah. friends that also have need some attention. So, um, it's the, the it's a big struggle right now. Like, you know, where do I put my 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 time, my extra time? Do I put it uh, in in developing content or in marketing my book and teaching and, and continuing with that. Cause that already exists. Yes. Um, yeah. It's there's too, too little time and too much stuff to do. That's, that's basically. Yeah. It's, it reminds me, uh, I had a, I sat down a few years ago with, uh, with one of my teachers at film school. His name is, um, um, Shemi Zalchin, he's an Israeli director, directed a bunch of features, one of the most prolific Israeli directors. Um, <clears throat> and he also writes books and he said um, that, you know, the, the catharsis that, that comes with like finishing a book, you know, writing, you know, putting down the words, the end and like releasing it and that kind of immediacy of like what you put on paper is what people are actually going to read, you know, and experience uh, is unmatched for him, at least, uh, in the film world. Like he never gets the same sense of, of like, you know, momentary kind of relief and excitement and, and, uh, and almost, you know, climax of like, you know, it's over and it's done. Yeah. I I understand that. I'm glad it's cathartic, uh, to him, to me. I remember the moment I finished my, um, uh, the workflow the moment I knew that I'm done that I was done yeah I I basically fell apart it was I the, it was not a good feeling at all I was like all of a sudden all the all the tiredness and the and the anxiety and the and the long hours that I put in it 
uh, while doing professional work at the same time, uh, storyboarding on a feature. Uh, all of that just kind of, the, the, all, everything I was holding off, like, you know, don't touch me, I need to finish this. As soon as I did, it just kind of <laughs> fell on me like a ton of bricks. Really? Wow. It was. Uh, so you didn't feel any sense of relief. It was the no, opposite. Was, you had like suddenly uh, everything that was put off was like, yeah. um, you know, standing in front of you. Wow. Yeah. Also, all the stuff that I didn't do, like medical uh, stuff and uh, and uh, meeting friends. You know, everything I pushed off. Like I need to finish this. I'm not in. I'm not part of life in this. In this uh, until I finish this. And then all of a sudden, you, know. you have to deal with all with everything you you postponed. Uh, right. Yeah. I. But yeah. I mean, that's what you get for for working on something for for so long. But it, it, you know, I, I'm never gonna do something like that again. That that was my that was my one magnum opus of something that I do myself. Everything else I'll ever do uh, again, which is that scale. That's that's my solid promise to myself is always going to be uh, during work hours and not between, you know, on my free time. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. So you might have to like, you know, take a break from work or something. How is it going to work with traveling, for instance, you know, the fact that right now you're working at a studio, right? So you wouldn't be able to just get up and leave if you wanted to, could you, as a uh, supervisor? No. Uh, but, yeah, I think I – think, uh, the plan is to find projects in studios that would be that would fit my our our traveling plans, uh, and and then you know hopping in and out of freelancing or just freelancing for a while. Um, you know, it's a, it's a it's a very flexible world we're living in uh, right now. Uh, the whole world is open. The internet sort of made that. Uh, I, I could do work for Singapore right now. I can do work for anywhere in the world. Uh, so wouldn't freelancing, though, uh, require you to step back from being a supervisor and becoming more of a hands-on artist for a while? Yeah, or? Which, I, which I like. I like going back and forth uh, with that. I like feeling the, the you know, uh, I, they, I had a long period, a few years, of only directing, and I really felt I was losing, losing my touch, and also losing confidence. Like all of a sudden, I would see someone's work, and I would be like, "I'm directing that person, but can I even do that? Like that person is awesome. Right. Who am I to direct like, would that you, person?" Yeah, that that's actually one of my fears. Like that's one of the things that you know that <laughs> I keep reminding myself every time I'm being off, offered like to do you know, a hands-on type of gig. It's like, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of really awesome work in my portfolio, but like I was a supervisor. I, I don't know if I can even pull that stuff off myself, you know, if I had to. Yeah, um, but you probably could. Uh, it's, you know, it's the imposter sim syndrome. Uh, yeah. You know about that. So you probably could. And, uh, and also, like I said before, directing, you don't have to be the best in the, in the, in the team in order to be a good director. Like you could definitely be head of story and have better storyboards under you. Um, because right. really it's not about being, having all the best answers. It's about being able to ask the questions. Uh, it's about being able to, it's like a coach, right? When you're a football coach, 
Right. You, it's not about you know being the biggest and the strongest and being able to run faster than anybody else. Your players are gonna probably every one of your players uh, is better at you than you at at playing football. But yeah, you know it's it's not about that. It's about inspiring them, pushing them, uh, directing them. You know. Yeah, those are all good words. So uh, before we wrap up, what, what would be a good advice that you could have for people? I think specifically, well, it can be any general advice. I'm sure you're full of them. Um, but maybe to people who are thinking about doing something like you're doing, which is to live those two lives and do something in parallel to what you know to their day job, like trying to expand and 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 become inspired by something other than their kind of daily work. That's a good question. I have to think about it for a second. Um, Take all the time. <laughs> but I would say, you know, what is it that you really, really are enthusiastic and, and care about? Like, what is it that you, <laughs> what is it that when you procrastinate, when you, when you procrastinate, what is it that you do? Take that and 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 make something of it. Having a having a, a side project is invigorating and and awesome. Don't let it take over your life too much because you have to to have to have a life and relationships and and everything else like that. Um, but having a side project other than your day job is is an is a very cool journey and hard. But hard is not the opposite of fun, right? You can yeah. you can. When you climb the Everest, it's it's not, you know, it's it's hard, but it's also fun if you do it with the right people and if you and if you really really love it. So find your Everest and uh, and uh, and go for it. Do it slowly and uh, and with uh, you know with uh, conviction and with uh, consistency. That's uh, interesting. What's your you know find your procrastination and turn it into your <laughs> your side project or like you know yeah. Yeah, go, I think go pro with your procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> well, not pro because then, uh, um, yeah, I mean, don't work two jobs. But yeah, I, th I think I think uh, uh, taking something and doing it, taking something that you're passionate about and just and just doing it with with sincerity and with determination, like doing it for real, is. It's a good experience, I think. Yeah, and like you said, you can. There's uh, there's also re, you know uh, residuals like you know you you expand your network, people get to know you, you you change the frame of thinking of you know when people see you, they see you in different eyes. You're you're the special squirrel, the you know. Yeah. Um, good. No, I, I think that's uh, it's very inspiring and something uh, to take take home with us and so last thing i'll ask you is where where people where can people find you i mean i we've talked about it for a little bit but like if you want to plug uh plug your blog or your book and you know go ahead i think the easiest way is to go to uh the workflowbook.com so that's the workflow book one word okay uh dot com and then the all the information is there there's a contact uh, sheet to, to find me 
there is uh, there is the blog there. Everything you want to know would be would be there. So if you're interested in in uh, in that um, in that idea of the workflow and taking anxiety and the uh, and the confusion out of it a bit and structure your thoughts a little bit in that uh, direction. Um, yeah, go there and have a look, and I hope you like it. And drop your, drop me a line if you have any question. That's awesome. I can say personally that I've been following your your Facebook uh, page that was based on the mechanics of the Muse, the Israel, the Hebrew version of that. And and every time there was a you know post kind of popping up, they, those things stay with you because they really touch about the core of, of what it is you do. And and you can put those you know those lessons to practice like literally the next day and see results immediately like there's just it's very rewarding when you can you know actually apply something that you that you learn like you know so quickly and see the results and i think that's a great that's a great service that you are doing for all of us for any person who's creative and stuff so highly thank recommend you so much it. that's that's really that's really great um to hear awesome um Awesome, man. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, for uh, for this really cool uh, conversation. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's my pleasure. It's uh, I'm getting better at it too. You know, no no conversation is. There's almost no episode I record where I I finish and I'm like I I, I asked all the questions. You know, there's no more. This it's always like you know the second I stop recording, it's like ah shit, I forgot to answer this one. <laughs> we didn't get to the bottom of this or something, but like, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I hope to to have more conversations like this in the future. We'll have a follow-up episode, like, you know, in, in a year or something, or I don't know how many months or something. We'll, we'll talk about new yeah. things and there's always a chance. There's always more. So I, I don't see it as a, so that's my way of like, you know, trusting the process. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say that. And uh, yeah, you know, that you can always, you can always, uh, we can always do another, you know, if you, if you, if there's anything that you really feel that that you want to talk about and uh, and you didn't that we didn't get to, we can always hop on 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 the on the uh, the Zencaster Zencaster. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Super. It was a huge pleasure, and I I'm sure you know anybody who's listening is probably also uh, kind of grateful to to have you put the time in and, and sitting and talking to me so thank you so much thanks and uh, good on you for doing this uh, podcast they're they're awesome and the uh, and the fact that you're taking the initiative right it's, uh, like we said before that's that's my second life now second life. <laughs> awesome right, cool thanks dude goodbye, goodbye. And that was it. I hope you guys enjoyed episode nine of the Post Post Podcast. This is a reminder that we do have a website. It's postpostpodcast.com. Uh, you can like and comment in the website as well. If you know anybody who you think is going to enjoy these episodes, uh, feel free to share it with them. I release new episodes every Monday, and I hope you tune in next week for another episode of the Post Post Podcast. Post Post Podcast.